0: Thank you for joining the ESBC betting and financial podcast where every podcast is a business meeting. It isn't like a business meeting. It is a business meeting and every business meeting has to have a purpose and an outcome. So the purpose of every podcast and the reason we started the podcast Was and is to make me money. We were on the Scott and BR show in San Diego, number one sports talk show in San Diego, and I was getting 80% on my Tampa Bay Bucks picks. And I was listening to the other guys, and the guys that made the most sense ended up coming up to me and saying, Hey, let's start a podcast. So we ended up starting a podcast. And the results has been, we were 63.5 on every single NFL game, every over and under, and we made a lot of money. That was the outcome. Those were the results of the podcast. And then we ended up on a 41-6 and run in college basketball. But the second purpose of the podcast is to educate you and to make you money, right? And with Greg here, it's become clear, right, that in addition to that, we want to give it to you raw. We want to give it to you honestly, right? We want to give you actionable information to put money in your pocket in the middle of riots, in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a recession, right? That's the second purpose of the pot and the outcome we want for you and we want for ourselves. And I'll be selfish, I'll talk for myself. It makes me personally feel good if you make money and you use our concepts, right? So you put money in your pocket in the middle of this pandemic. It's not like I'm getting charity or altruistic. It makes me personally feel good if you learn And you do that, right? And as the podcast has grown, one of the big things, right, that's been an asset for us is putting our ego at the door. Little did I know, right? Because we got the PhD of the Philadelphia Eagles first report, right? He knows everything there is to know about the Philadelphia Eagles. So I didn't have to do research on them and he's made me money. Then I didn't know this at the time, but Raider Jim, who's on the podcast, has been betting ponies for 40 years, all right? He told me that he funded his first marriage and his first two kids betting ponies at Del Mar, all right? Betting horses at Del Mar. I didn't know this at the time, but in the middle of last year, he says, start betting Miami. And I bet Miami seven weeks in a row. I put my ego at the door put my analysis at the door. And I took Raider Jim's advice. And he made me a lot of money with the Miami Dolphins, right? So we're putting our ego at the door again and we have an educational podcast series every Tuesday with Greg Wolf from The Wolf Line. And he's gonna educate us, right? Further education. If every podcast is an educational podcast, I encourage you to listen to last year's podcast on pro football and college basketball on why we had such a high percentage. You look at the games we bet, you look, go on your phone and look at the outcome and listen to the whys, because we use business and financial concepts to exploit inefficiencies in the market to make ourselves money, all right? So that's what you're listening for, right? And we got Greg Wolf from The Wolf Line. Thank you so much for joining us and thank you uh, so much for being so generous with your education and knowledge of the financial markets I always love being here and talking talking shop with you josh absolutely man and and one of the great things that uh, greg and i uh have uh, in common right is that we hate the calling cowards of the world max killerman Stephen a smith who get paid before the games happen And even CNBC, right, where they're feeding you disingenuous information, right? So ask yourself, as you're consuming media, are these people making me money? Especially if you own a business, 80% of your time has to be in revenue-generating activity. So we're not playing around on this podcast. This podcast is a revenue-generating activity for ourselves first. Because if we don't have money, right, we can't do anything. This is a pandemic, this is a recession. So we gotta make our money first, but we're being generous, right? And we want you to come along, all right? So one thing that I've seen from the younger generation and Greg is my same age, is that people make excuses. There's no such thing as excuses, right? You're either pregnant or you're not pregnant, right? Uh, if, if you got to pick wrong on a wager, it's because you made the wrong pick. You didn't do enough research, okay? And that's another rule, rule of betting. We got the top 10 rules of betting. We wrote an article. We're gonna give you even more education on the articles we write, but you got to do your research and you have to use tools and decision science in order to come out with an outcome. So Greg, break us break down for us, right, first topic that we're going to discuss, how uh, the riots and really the pandemic has not had an effect on the, the, on the financial markets or the sports betting market.
1: Well, the sports betting markets are shut down for the most part. I mean, they're starting to open up uh, internationally. Some some leagues. Uh, There's, you know, there's been Belarusian soccer and and there's been darts, uh, uh, snooker, some other sports internationally. I think, uh, I think actually the Bundesliga German soccer opened up back up again uh, last week, maybe. And now they're making plans for the fall uh, for a lot of other leagues. And I know the uh, National Rugby League in, in Australia started last week. But the best part about all that is, is that although we just do, the Wolf Line just does uh, the American um, leagues at this point, so, you know seven or eight um, American leagues, including WNBA and CFL. You know you have uh, the four major uh, professional leagues, then you have the two major college leagues. So that's eight. Um, but we could it could also and as soon as we adjust the feed a little bit. That uh, the same technology, the same products, the same analytics then apply to the thousand or so other leagues that are also available uh, as you go globally. And because all that our products and our platforms care about uh, is the way that the market behaves, you don't even have to know the rules of the other leagues that's the great thing about using technical analysis as opposed to fundamental analysis there are two ways to look at at a uh, the uh, the analysis of where you think a, a security or an asset is going to go in the future and that's what you base your educated investment decisions on now the first thing i want to do is just explain the, the, my definition personally not an absolute definition but sure. first to get it right just the definition of the word analytics, it's one of those words like algorithm and big data and data science and, and machine learning and things like that. You know, those, those kind of words that people are just throw around because they think it sounds smart and all that when they really, for the most part, don't know what they mean.
0: Right.
1: So to me, analytics are the leveraging of contextual data into objective quantitative tools, processes, or products that are to be subjectively interpreted and artistically applied to improve the efficiency and efficacy of decision making. I know it's a mouthful. But that's what it is. The basis for that is that they are objective. You cannot, or you cannot coalesce yourself with analytics and then try to tell people what what decisions to make or influence their decisions. If you want right. to take that and then process that information and then subjectively say to somebody else, you should do this. It's like, uh, then that's okay. But it's like, uh, for example, uh, a thermometer, A thermometer is an analytics tool because you could be getting up in the morning and you go downstairs and you don't know whether you should wear a coat or not. You're not going to know by looking out the window. You have to look at, hopefully you have some type of, of a quantitative resource where you can make that decision. You know with an, an efficient in an efficient and, and effective manner, so you look at it and you see that the ometer says thirty five degrees you 're going to put on a coat, most likely maybe some people wouldn 't, but depends on how far you got to go and if somebody wants to say your, like say yourself, Josh, you want to take the wolf line and you want to take have your particular interpretation, and then somebody trusts you enough to say, this is how I inter- interpret the wolf line, which is talking about the market conditions right now, whether they're overbought, oversold, or this is a particular trade to make. So say your wife is now going downstairs and she says, what should I, should I wear a coat? Well, now you say, you look at the the 35 degrees, you tell her to wear a coat. She wears a coat because she trusts you and then she's probably okay.
0: Right? Right. Right. And, And what this concept All right. And uh, Brandon first is listening to first report uh, of the Philadelphia Eagles. He's listening to, he's on Facebook right now. And I'm going to text him going uh, Matt Patricia. All right. Because what he just said, right. Is the reason we were 80% on Detroit lion games. Okay. Because Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia say they're going full-on analytics, right? So even though he's a head coach of the Detroit line making millions of dollars a year, Brandon First and I feel that Matt Patricia is an idiot, right? Mm-hmm. And what we do here is we take inefficiencies in the market and we exploit it. We exploit people's mistakes, right? Like the Pete Carroll defense, Billichick defense. So, right? Well, if the
1: markets were efficient, if the markets were efficient wouldn't the score and the, the total always end up
0: on exactly what the markets closed at? Well, let me go deeper than that, right? Because this is a fundamental, right? Way mm-hmm. that Matt Patricia thinks that's opposed to the way Greg Wolf thinks and what Greg right. Wolf just said okay, about the use of analytics. And Matt Patricia has publicly contradicted what you said about the use of analytics. We both agree that we use analytics, right, as a Mm -hmm. tool to come up with a decision, right? right? Matt Patricia publicly says that he just uses analytics to make the decision for him which we know is a fundamentally wrong way to think. So we use that information, right? To bet against Matt Patricia, blindly using, right? Analytics in the fourth quarter of each game. What was the result of that? The result was that Brandon First and myself made a lot of money on that concept. And, right? Uh, We know in business that if you are the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room, right? So I'm listening to the Detroit Lightning radio program, and they're saying, Matt Patricia thinks he's the smartest person in the room, doesn't listen to anybody, and uses analytics blindly, right? I'm doing my research, right? Instead of listening to the regular broadcast that's on TV, I'm listening to the Detroit Lions radio broadcast in Lomas Brown and these people who were around Matt Patricia every day. Right, and I was talking to Greg about this earlier, where in 1999, I was engaged to this woman that had uh, $10 million liquid assets, her dad run the Colorado State pension funds. And when you bet a stock, you also bet the management. And I was gonna be the son-in-law, and he used to take me around to these companies and we used to meet the CEO, have lunch with him, figure out how he thinks, look around the plan or the company, Go around the cubicles to get a feel for the company right to get a feel for the management well i know the way matt patricia is running this team and i have faith and i a lot of things greg wolf makes sense so when matt patricia diametrically opposes something that greg wolf is teaching us right it makes sense and it's made us money to bet against Matt Patricia in the fourth quarter. I'll give you another example of the misuse of analytics Paul, this right? He made money, but he, he has personality conflicts, so they hate him in baseball. He's not with the Cleveland Browns, right? And this is practical applications that have lined my pocket, right? Most people that have this don't share with people, right? So. This client of mine, she graduated from MIT, works for a major league baseball team. She will not work for an NFL team even though they have offered her more money, even though she's making the high six figures now anyways. And the Cleveland Browns were gonna go full on LNA. She said, it's not gonna work in football. What happened? Cleveland Browns went 0-16 against the spread. Josh went 16-0 on Cleveland Brown games based on that information of the misuse of analytics right what are your thoughts well i think
1: first of all you have to distinguish uh, what kind of analytics you're talking about right uh, analytics are certainly a it's a question of quality versus quantity you're talking about somebody that's involved in fundamental analytics some of uh, a lot of that information is just completely superfluous and and irrelevant, Um, but because they call it analytics, it
0: somehow seems to be- Yeah, but she uses math and she uses it in baseball and she has a whole series ring. So I wouldn't call it irrelevant. I think she knows what she's doing. Well, well, I'm not
1: saying this particular person or whatever you're saying. I mean, obviously, you know, you could say you come back and and everybody has their own particular, you have to be very suspicious anytime somebody won't share what their uh, algorithmic process Processes or whatever are to get to a certain yeah. She'll share it with me, but you know how you know how it
0: is. A registered representative, I probably get in trouble for saying that much. You can't describe that <laughs> at least publicly. Well,
1: yeah. If you're going to create, if you're going to create a process, what we do at the Wolf Line is we allow everybody to use the uh, the indicators, the oscillators, the charts, the you know the the, the overbought indi- indications, the oversold. Uh, support, resistance, you know, the, the machine learning, the screeners, all that for themselves, uh, momentum trading, correction trading, uh, more liquid, less liquid markets, you know, because there's nuances there. Everything you get at a in a, in a, in a top tier premier financial brokerage platform in the analytics side, you're going to get with the wolfline.com and that's why you know we offer things what we do. Right, right, but I, but I think
0: we're we're in agreement on this point, right? Which is very important yeah. for the audience. Right? Analytic, you gotta understand what flavor of analytics you're using, right? For whatever. But specifically the sports betting, right? The wolf and mm-hmm. the charts and everything do not Always make the decision ready. for Always. you. They're tools right. to use yeah. you. Always. So you use within decision science that we teach here, in order to make the right decision.
1: Right, and that's, that comes down to probabilities and that comes down to where, what the market is telling you. It's all based on just what the market, what Mr. Market and Mr. Wolfline are doing. Mr. Market is gonna have its action and then you know it goes through our algorithms and our processes and, and out comes the, the data that we provide exclusively. And we're the only technical analysis and you know options theory, et cetera, uh, platform. Yeah. In so the go world. over. So go
0: over what the difference is between technical analysis and right. fundamental analysis, and why. And I think you make a good point here. Why fundamental analysis? Right. There's going to be a lot of uh, people are going to try to argue with us. Uh, I'm already. We're already, this podcast and uh, the podcast have done great. They're already on the radar with a lot of people and that they're going to come at us, right? But we're going we're to define things right away. We're, uh, Greg has promised me that he's willing to debate anybody at any time and we'll live stream the debate. Uh, the end of the story is, right, that fundamental analysis does not lend itself well to wagering on sporting events. Technical uh, analysis is more important.
1: That's right, because, because fundamental analysis, first of all, you can get – you can get all the generic fundamental analysis for any type of game or match or whatever in many different uh for that and the, the, the problem with fundamental analysis is it's a method of evaluating securities or assets by attempting to measure the intrinsic value so so and but everything that's involved in that is publicly known information so if that's the case then that all just gets processed And digested by the market and then and then a price is set upon that and that's what ends up in closing price which is the price closing market prices which are all that matters as the market expands and they become more liquid Uh, a technical analysis which is what we exclusively do with the wolf line all it cares about is is the is the action of the market you know how the how each asset whether it be an individual competitor or a team you know, how each asset has, has behaved over a certain period of time and whether or not – and their relationships, because it's a, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a dual market. It's a market duality uh, structure in, in sports, of course. So how the relationships have, have gone and how they have matured relative to the closing market prices and then their behavior, and it's the same as upticks and downticks in securities or in stocks, And that we measure that with a rolling divergence indicators and and put that through, you know, again, different processes that I'm not going to get into the complexities of, but all that matters is, is the market action. And you don't even have to know It's you're just, it's just all about numbers. You don't have to know the name of the team who's playing for the team, who's the coach of the team, where the game's being played. It could be a hockey game and they could switch to where they're using broomsticks and medicine balls on the moon. Right. And it matter because the market is going to digest that and then assign that value. Right. Right. I got so it. That's the difference. There's two schools of thought fundamental and technical. And then you get down to if you know something fundamentally that is not publicly known, then you're breaking the, the, the SEC Rule 10B5 1 if you are then using that non public information to procure revenue or to to make money, which you're not allowed to do. All right, so we're we're gonna hit some
0: basics, right? Because this is an educational podcast, and I'm shocked, but then again, right? Uh, Greg and I have more education than most people. Uh, We have advanced degrees, securities license, but we're gonna go down to the basics, all right? I'm gonna straight Mm -hmm. out of the book, and those watching the stream can see the book. Uh, It's the federal book, right? This is the book, you have to know this book to pass the series out, which I did. So it talked, but I always have it around and I always have everything around. So if the SEC raids my office, whatever, I have the reference point here to answer any the questions they, they have. Because, like uh, Greg said on the last podcast, the law and justice are at best, right, distant cousins, right? And we're seeing that play out in the Minnesota riots, right? And to answer the first question I gave Greg in the beginning, uh, the riots and the pandemic have nothing to do, have zero effect or nothing on the numbers that he just talked about when you're betting on a game. So definition of an asset is what a company owns, cash in the bank, accounts receivable, or money it is owed, right? This is important here. Money that it's owed. Investments, inventory, and so on. Right. So a clearer definition of an asset from the book is current value and its expected future return.
1: Right. Well, that's the issue that I, that's the issue that I have with a lot of what, when people talk about the equities market being forward you know, 18 months forward with price, right? Right. I don't know whoever arbitrarily came up with that 18 months forward price, but it's a bunch of BS. Right, because somebody says that and nobody argues it and then they go for it like slaves or cheap. Yeah, it's one, of the, it's one of those things. And the efficient market hypothesis, which is what Eugene Fama won the Nobel Prize for Economics for, which has now been completely, I guess, invalidated with Krugman and, and some other fellows right. that have got... But I agree with the efficient market hypothesis up until the point of where it, it ignores behavioral economics, which is what technical an- analysis is. Technical analysis is the quantified and graphical representation of behavioral economics, which is obviously very important. But if he was 100% right and everything was baked into the market and markets were completely efficient, then – you would just the markets would be open for five minutes a day. You would just take a company's book value divide it by shares outstanding, and then that will be the price that it would settle on as an asset, net asset value for that day, which obviously doesn't happen. And then the plot the eighteen months forward does not validate that in any way as well. So the efficient market hypothesis is fine, except for it ignores behavioral economics, which is the other big part of the of the, the price of whatever asset you're looking at that's publicly that moves back and forth we'll stick with stocks because it's what people are the most uh uh germane to i won't go into all the other ones but it works for anything that's in in a in a free market and certainly sports satisfies that particular uh, right so the 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 book for, for technical analysis the book it goes back to the seminal book for that is 1948 uh, technical analysis of stock trends, which is now in its 11th edition, uh, Robert Edwards and John McGee, uh, you know, and they talked about it, it, it for somebody that wants to get started on on that type of uh, path, which is what the Wolf Line represents for sports exclusively. And obviously, a lot of people, millions of people do, because as we spoke about, you know, in March, when sports betting shut down, there were millions of people that flooded, just in the U.S., millions of people that flooded over to the online uh, financial brokerages, and they really didn't know what they were looking at. They didn't understand a lot of the terminology of overbought potential, oversold, support, resistance, you know, momentum, and all these other, these other, uh, all this vernacular, these terms, right. nor uh, options theory or any of that. And I don't want to spook anybody. Cause it, it, and what happened was that, a lot of those platforms, actually all of those platforms, have been become so bloated and just so much paralysis by analysis that what we did is or what I did was I, moved, I left the financial markets and I said, we have this new fresh market here, this sports market where nobody is doing anything with technical analysis or quantitative analytics, and we have a chance, a second chance to, to simplify things, pare it all down, and get rid of all the nonsense that makes it to where you're, you you do not know what you're even doing. Your head's going to explode. Your screen looks like a spider web. You had so many lines on it right. and different studies. And we just stripped that down and we're just making it, it, it just present as a very simple uh, platform, but you know, it, with all the functionalities that you would get on any of the other uh, top tier financial trading platforms. So, you know, that's why we say, we bring wall street into the sports bar or into your, into the sports book or, you know, which are going to soon be, you know uh, you know, financial based markets uh, and exchanges, but we'll go into that later. But uh, you know, that's, that's the deal. It's the gamification of the, of the financial trading model.
0: Right. And, And what we do is we simplify things so, uh, because every time I ever showed a, you know, a client a chart or anybody net worth, you know, 20000000 million, $50 million, uh, they're dominant personalities. They want things fast. They don't want to break things. They're like, Josh, that's what I pay you for. <laughs> I pay you to look at all these charts and look like spider make sense for it, and make me money. I always go back to uh, the one business, because I was brought up a different way. And I have one business owner... million company. He's net worth over $20 million liquid assets. And he says, Josh, you know, I know you're a good guy. And you've made me a lot of money, but I want to make this clear to you, right? I do not care about my wife. I do not care about my kids. I could care even less about my employees. He has 59 employees. I can care less about them. What I care about is that you make me money. That's it. That's all I care about. So, people do not care about charts or this and that. So, what Greg does and what I'll help do is simplify it, right, for you. So, you use it as a tool in decision science, right, to make <clears throat> decisions that make you money uh, betting on games. And one thing that's been a pet peeve of mine, and it's great that Greg agrees with me because he can, uh, can give you insight into this, that in school, right, one of the biggest mistakes high school teachers make, and one of the biggest mistakes uh, college professors make, right, is that they make math about calculations, right, how you, how you calculate things, and math, is a philosophy. What are your thoughts,
1: Greg? 100%, we discussed it earlier. uh, Everything, the foundation of all of our products go uh, uh, from philosophical base goes philosophy, and then that is transposed into math. And from there, it goes into an artistic interpretation and application. And you can't screw up the order. Right. So you, you let your philosophy grow into your math and then from that, then your math becomes your, your palette of artistic in- interpretation applications. It's just like music. Like I was telling you, you know, I could write a composition, which is the, the, the algorithms and the products of the Wolf line. Right. But, and, and someone else who I don't even know could play the, the, the song much better than, than I do, or, you know, and use the products much better than I do. Uh, you know, plenty of people wrote music and elvis sang it a lot better than they would have right (laughs) you know he didn't write the music he just happened to perform the music better you know so that's basically what i'm talking about as far as that goes yeah it's obvious it's definitely a a philosophy first type of uh type of model and um you know that that goes back 2500 years to the dialectic process but again i don't want to so what you're saying is that
0: somebody can use these charts to bet on games than what you could do yourself betting on games.
1: Yeah, I just put out I just put out completely objective data, and everybody and that's to be used to subjectively interpret. Everybody's going to have a different way of looking at it, um, and that's how markets work. You know, you're going to have people that are just better than others. Uh, you know, given their interpretation of the same the same data. Some people interpret better. Some people play an instrument better. Some people throw a ball faster. It's just the way it goes.
0: Yeah, we're no, we're going to have fun with this because I know uh, some uh, fans of the podcast are going to get into it because what we do here is we give you a pick on every game. And when we start in baseball, every day, right, because we uh, live here in Southern California. So when we go to the grocery store, you know, we see my trout. Right? Being us who we are, you look at Matt, <laughs> Mike, Mike Trout's limping or not. Right? Uh, and we look at the player if you talk to him. So in Southern California, uh, since we have that access, uh, we'll be giving you predictions every day on the Angels, the Dodgers, and the San Diego Padres. Right? And there's going to be a fan out there who's going to use Greg's charts to pick games. And if somebody picks better games than us, we'll publicize it. Because this is an interactive podcast, and even though 52.5% is break-even, right? And I've been uh, well, lucky, before. fortunate, and good to be between 70 and 80% over the last That's- 12 years. It's something that I've yeah. learned is that every year is different. And right, what's the famous saying in uh, finance? Uh, past performance is not indicative of future results. So it's irrelevant that I've had such a high percentage this year, right? To what's going on in 2020. It's a whole new thing, right? So you put your ego at the door and you take more information. I didn't say when Raider Jim, hey, you need to start betting Miami. Miami, what are you talking about, Miami? They're tanking. Uh, a 100 years old. Brian Flores is in over his head. I didn't say that, I said, you know what? Raider Jim's a smart man. Let, let me not ride with Miami. What? It ended up making me a lot of money, right? So don't take the, something like the wolf line for granted or technical analysis and picking a game for granted. Why not, why not use it as a tool to make money watching sports? Because every year is different, right? And this is the other thing too. The other guys on the podcast, right, by listening to what they had to say in their research, right, saved me time researching the game. If I know Brandon First, the PhD of the Philadelphia Eagles, knows every single thing about the Philadelphia Eagles, why am I with my big ego says, no, 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 let me do my analysis on the, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles myself. Right? No, you gotta be smart and learn, especially if you own a business, you have to offload information, right? So using technical analysis, right? You're offloading, read the number two rule of betting, which is doing your research, right, Greg? Right,
1: that's absolutely right. And we make it even, even simpler for you with our machine learning uh, functions, where you can just put in your your particular uh customized screening criteria and all the leagues and all the games and everything that you put into your screeners your machine the machine does the work for you goes through it all and then spits it back to you in an email twice a day so you don't even have to do anything the machine does it all
0: for you yeah and great you can tell me if you disagree but uh number Three rule of betting. Well, it's part of the number two rule of betting, but we make it the number three rule of game. Never bet a game blindly. So, Greg has a great tool. And if you want to bet on a league, you know, like uh, Korean baseball, you never watch a Korean baseball game, but yet you want to make a bet on it. You want to watch cricket, or you never watch cricket, but you want to make a bet on cricket, you have to use something like the Wolf Line to have some kind of research. But professional sports, for our purposes, (laughs) never bet blindly. If you haven't seen a team play, if you haven't read a newspaper article about them, you don't know what's going on. Do not bet that game. Yeah. That's think, yeah, right? that's
1: that, that. Well, that's that's the other way to look at it. And that's, that's totally different from what, what I do. And I think the best thing to do would, I guess, probably take both of them and combine them. Everybody has their own methodology. But I, I, I think that, you know, just, but philosophically speaking, as far as how technical analysis works, uh, none of that is even relevant. I, I could, if I look at any, any you know, chart of some, some stock I never heard of and, and Apple, I'm going to have the same methodology as far as what I'm trying to determine. Uh, right, right. Where, and, and I'm different. Right. Everybody runs their
0: firm differently. The way I run my firm, I look at that, right? I look at the te- technical analysis and I understand it. But I'm old school. I I go in there and I, uh, you know, infiltrate the company, talk to the employees, talk to the CEOs, and then I'll recommend it to my client. I'm never going to recommend a stock to my client that I haven't done that type of investigative research, right? So when you're betting on a game, though, when you're betting on a game, as much research as possible that you can do is what you need to do. Because you got – if you're not over 52.5% betting on, on these games, you shouldn't be betting on the games.
1: Well, remember, too, a lot – and this is just uh, – this is just the, the truth and the, uh, the, the, the uh, nature of the beast as far as, as sports go. You know, a lot of times sports, because of a particular trade or a particular bet, whatever you want to – words you want to use it, Right. Gonna, it's also it's also a form of, a three hour form of entertainment as well. So a lot right. of times people have you know there's a game starting in five minutes. They can be you know their wives are going went shopping whatever, and they want to they want to have some type of position or financial interest or whatever in the game that's just coming on, and they have no idea what's even go what's even happening. And the the, the way to to make to be able to make Uh, a sober and and rational decision at that point without knowing what's already been baked into the the price by the fundamentals of the market is to look at the technical side and then Mm -hmm. you can get an idea. So so yeah, explain explain, because I wanna, because you use
0: this term a lot and I think a lot of people don't know the basics. So when you say information baked into the market, what exactly do you mean?
1: That means news or fundamental information or, you know, uh, uh, anything that is publicly known.
0: Right.
1: So it's publicly known that, that you know, Tom Brady is not going to play on Sunday. So obviously that's going to be adjusted for in the market. Right. Unless you know that information, like, yeah. if, if, and if you're talking about in, in terms of stocks, if that happens during the trading day and news, you know, stocks get halted pending news. Right. right. It happens during the trading day. And that's why most of the fundamental information that's, that's, that's released happens after hours. And that's why you see gaps in prices of stocks, you know, from, from close to open, you know, whether it be gaps up. That's why earnings are always after hours, right. Right? you know, outside of, of, of market hours. And that's why you see all these gaps that happen. And then there's the old adage that, you know, gaps get closed by the market, which is for the most part true. Right. So the same thing happens in sports. If there's a, if there's a tremendous change and that's why I never understood why people bet uh, action in, in baseball instead of, instead of, uh, um, if, 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 you bet action, then it doesn't matter who the, the pitcher is. So you're kind of slave to whatever happens with the pitcher.
0: Right.
1: Um, if there's a huge, if say Kershaw is, is you know minus three twenty, and they, for whatever reason, happens in you know ten minutes before the game starts, uh, he's not pitching. They're gonna bring some Triple A guy in. Right. If you still want Kershaw at minus
0: three twenty? I don't think so. <laughs> right. Right. They're bringing in uh, Ross Grimpling, who just right. got there I, five I, seconds before I, the game. And he They, they rode right. a bus. and yeah. He's tired. Right.
1: Right, so if you if you're playing if you play if you if you make your ticket out to be action which i don't even know if they do that anymore but i, I guess they do
0: they do that go
1: uh, on yeah they do it all the time yeah i mean you know that's that to me you're just you're just a, you're just totally vulnerable to you know especially if you got some guy if you if you your money is on you know an extremely important starting pitch even when you get a ticket it says you know, pitcher versus pitcher. It doesn't say team versus team
0: unless it's a total. Right. And, 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 and that's a huge value of this podcast is that we, uh, help you avoid rookie mistakes. And something as well that, that, uh, Greg said that triggered it, uh, during last, uh, a little bit during the college basketball season, but a lot during the football season, right before the game, Greg, right? Used to get a message on Twitter and I would look at the podcast statistics and right before the game, people would be listening to the podcast to see who we picked. (laughs) And that exact same scenario uh greg described right
1: yeah and, and the thing is well first of all let me get this off the top of my head because i was right. i was searching for the word right I was searching for the word It's been so long since so i bet a baseball game but the other action just just for quick definition if you bet action that means that your bet is live regardless of who the pitcher is and if you bet right. listed it means that the pitcher that was listed has to start in order for your bet to be live. Just so I get that out of the way there. So, so I, so people, people don't get confused over the two different ways that you can uh, put in a baseball. But, but yeah, you're a hundred percent right, uh, Josh, about, about that. And, and you have to be concerned because there's definitely, you know, out there uh, people that can, that can manipulate the markets in, in a lot of ways that just break flat out break securities law. Um, And, uh, you know, there could be pump and dump schemes, which, you know, a lot of people have made quite a bit of money acting as touts, which again, I believe will be uh, mandated to be registered investment advisors very soon, which means you won't be seeing many of them around. Uh, I think everybody also should be very careful about buying stock in these, uh, these new sports betting uh, companies, providers, because there's a tremendous amount of regulatory risk with them. Uh, once, once the powers that be, the commissions, the SECs, the CFTCs, and the FTCs of the world understand that a bookmaker is a broker-dealer, so uh, and there's things that, that they're be doing that, that are being done that, that broker-dealers aren't allowed to do, and that could pose some problems for them. So be careful if you're wading into those wars.
0: No, and something we'll get into uh, next week, and I encourage people to listen last, on many levels, listen to last uh, week's podcast, where we define what's different between a regulation, between a law, between a guideline. It it really, in your city councils, you need to go there. I mean, personally, I feel that, let me know your thoughts, Greg. Personally, I feel that all guidelines... All regulations, all of those things, are a waste of taxpayers' money, and all the papers should be shredded, and not added to. The only thing we should have are laws, right? That have enforcement rec- uh, mechanisms, because the only thing that modifies human relate- uh, behavior are negative consequences, right? And it's in our face with the cops. If a cop does not have consequences of shooting black people, or Hispanics, poor whites. And that's the other thing we talked about in the last podcast. Poor white people get discriminated just as much as Hispanics, Asians, and Blacks. That's why riots right now. When you look at the riots, you see the crowd, 60% of the crowd is poor whites. Poor white guys, skateboards, right? Skateboarders right now are rioting, right? because guys that ride skateboards through cities get harassed by cops all the time. That's why you see them out there throwing skateboards through windows, right? Because they're fed up. They had their knee to their necks. Skateboarders, white skinny uh, uh, skateboarders when four cops roll up on them, right? And the guy's like riding a skateboard. Legally or illegally, but that's not the point. You take a skinny skateboarder, you put a knee through their back, right? That's what Cess is for. The guy's just riding a skateboard illegally, right? But the point is, and the same thing with Greg's talking about, is that at some point, right? Greg is a little bit more optimistic than I am, right? But we're going to talk about something we can do now. At some point, uh, FanDuel, uh, whatever, DraftKings, all of those people, right now they're ripping you off. That's why this. Podcast is important because we'll explain to you how they're ripping you off and different alternatives you have. Last week we talked about uh, how tax taxations go work, right? And something interesting that came up, and I'm I'm in the process of writing in an in-depth article tying up loose ends about last week's podcast, and I'm running through Greg so he can add stuff. But some states. Are allowing you to deduct your losses from your gambling winnings or from your sports betting winnings specifically. Some states aren't. New Jersey is though. So if you want to place your bets in New Jersey, you're gonna have a better tax mitigation, right? Than if you put your bets in Illinois that does not let you deduct your sports betting losses from your winnings for better tax mitigation. But you you're only gonna get that here from josh you're, winning, Greg, you're not gonna get that anywhere else, right, Greg?
1: Right, well yeah if you're win- but if you're winning you gotta pay you got to pay taxes on
0: that. Absolutely unless it's a business expense, right? My wife buys a dress that she uses on Zoom to look at a client as a psychotherapist, that twelve hundred dollar dress is a business Expense, but you bought that dress with sports betting money, right? That's why, yeah, uh, old gangster mobster told me once, Josh, yeah, it's gonna get, the way you make money is thinking with your head, not your feet.
1: Yeah, it's gonna get very complicated, and that's again, that's why I think this is a uh, prima facie a federal issue, and it's, it's got to go that way. We've been, we've been here before, like I said before, and, um, you know, nobody's, nobody's benefiting in any way by, you know, 50 different people going 50 different ways or 50 different states running 50 different ways with 50 different ideas of how they're going to
0: operate things. You just, it's just something that, that's this. But that's how we ran the pandemic, right? Trump said, hey, every state, do your own thing. So I think you're right. I think, I think the pendulum is going to swing. But for the purposes of the podcast this year, right now, I think with a point, and point, point, and I think we're going to, I have it on my list here to do it next week. And we'll get in deeper into that, Greg. But I think the point, let me know your thoughts. But I think the point is that FanDuel and DraftKings are ripping you off. And then there's a lot of gaslighting and lying to you out there by VEASAN. uh, VEASAN is the biggest one because they're saying out there, oh, I'm the CNBC, da, da, da. Well, have they. Go on VEASAN. Go on their LinkedIn, right, and listen to their information, and then listen to the last three podcasts that Greg and I have done and tell me which is giving you more actionable information so you can make money sports betting.
1: If it was 1982, I would say them, but it's
0: 2020, so. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, next week, what we'll do is, and I have it on my list here, we're going to go through all of the ways you're being gaslighted and lied to in the sports betting industry. All right. Final words, uh, Greg Wolf.
1: No, I look forward to next week. And, um, it's kind of a spooky sounding episode, but, um, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah uh, we we live in spooky times.
1: Oh, you got that right. You sure, We sure do live in spooky times. And uh, you got to look out for yourself and your best interest uh, because you're, you're uh, your firmest proponent. Right. Um, and ask yourself. That's so, all.
0: Everybody's
1: got to look out for
0: All right, Josh. All right. And I close always with uh, Winston Churchill, right? He got us through World War II, and he's getting us through the pandemics, the riots, and the recession. Can I do a Churchill quote too? Can I do a Churchill quote after yours? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Love it. Uh, We make a living from what we do how we give value to people. What well, we make a life from what we give? What's your Winston Churchill quote? I think, Well, it's either
1: Winston Churchill or W.C. Fields. I think it's Winston Churchill. But he's, uh, a woman came up to him, and he said, she said to him, you have disgust me, sir, and if you were my husband, I would poison your drink. And he said, Adam, if you were my wife, I'd drink it.
0: All right. Uh, Thank you. No, thank you for increasing all the people on Podbean. We love you. Thank you on all the platforms and all the streams. To keep increasing the views of the podcast. We appreciate it. And uh, it's all about those outcomes and results. Thank you for listening to the ESBC uh, betting and financial podcast network. Thank you. Yep. that's why this sport goes cost 800 dollars and that cost two
1: hundred.
0: dollars and i don't know what that cost I get shit to worth that's why I work with the shoes and roll like my foot and I can eliminate something up here a mile off